Hi, listeners. Before we get to this week's Talking Adapted PE podcast, let me remind you about JustAdapted.com. Multiple-time guest of the show, Matt Barker, has put together the most comprehensive site devoted to our field. It features timely and relevant blog posts, curriculum resources, GIFs, and even artificial intelligence to help you write those tricky IEP goals. The best part is, it's free. If you want to learn more, head to JustAdapted.com or check out episode 11 of this show where Matt and I go deep on everything related to the website. As always, thanks for being a loyal listener and enjoy our latest episode that starts now. Welcome back to another episode of the Talking Adapted PE podcast, where I hope to bring you some of the best people working in our field of adapted physical education. And I think I have done it again this episode, as I have Ron Usher with us, who comes to us from the Bay Area in California. And I'm really excited to dig deep with Ron, as I as I know he's in a different part of his career than many of us, and he's going to give us so much wisdom. Ron, welcome to the show. Thanks, Chris. It's uh very exciting for me to be here. I'm looking forward to this. Awesome. And we are excited to have you as well. So Ron, why don't we, uh, why don't you just tell the audience a little bit about yourself, like where, where you live, how long you've been teaching, you know, that's those, those sorts of things. So I'm in the Bay area. I work for Santa Clara County office of ed, itinerant. I've been doing this for 20 years and, uh, it's been a great job. I've loved it. I was a swim coach before that. And most of what I've learned and do well is from teaching swimming. It's very, very, the, the learning curve was not steep for me because of the swim teaching. And do you think that's because of the sort of, I feel like swimming lends itself to sort of using that sort of part whole method to teaching. Um, and you can correct me if you think maybe that's not accurate, but I feel yeah, like- I, part yeah. whole, and that's definitely the, what I follow, but it just kind of task analysis Yeah, and the, the way that, your brain has to work a certain way. You have to see where someone is and where they want to go and break that up into tasks, mm-hmm. small steps. And I, I'm very good at it. I've been doing it a long time. I have all these meta ideas about how to do it. Like if one way is not working, I'll go around another way to try something else. Um, and I, that's definitely what I'm, I'm very, very good at that. That's awesome. Yeah, I, I remember my time. I remember my time going through uh, undergrad even, and they were teaching us how to do that, actually like to write out our task analysis, right? Like, we're all right, so you want a basketball layup, but like, how do you backwards chain that? So like, what do you actually start with? And it's a great skill to have. I agree with you. Yeah. Yeah. I use it all the time, all the time in the, in, in the field. Um. So uh, you said Sl- Santa Clara County Schools, right? Santa Clara County Office of Ed. Awesome. There's 10 of us in our cohort. We're all itinerant. Uh, most of us, most of the clients we serve, the kids we serve are mod severe. Uh, we do have a few mild mod and, uh, we go from kindergarten up to post-secondary. What about preschool? Do you cover any preschool? Preschool? Very rarely. 20 years. I've had one preschool kid. Really? We had, um, we also do district kids, which tend to be, um, more mild mod less severe. So like I, I work with district kids and the county kids. Okay. So now walk me through that. Cause it's not that way in San Diego. And I don't think it's that way nationwide. So what is a district kid versus a county kid? What does that mean? So the, a smaller district cannot have their own APE people just because they don't have that many kids with disabilities. So 
if they have a student with some disabilities, either cognitive, mental, or both, that cannot be serviced by the district, they hire the county to come and see those kids. And uh, the county sends, sends us. Uh, we have, so we, I do it a lot and I have good districts. Um, the county is doing an MOU with some of the districts, which is a means of understanding, yeah. which I hate. I think it it it's creates a lot of problems. It's actually a concern for as a professional concern for APE people, right? And special ed. Like, so do you mean the MOU would is actually to not have adaptive physical education offered? Is that what the so MOU the MOU would? So uh, let let's say uh, the school the high school district contracts with the county for two fifths of the time to have an APE person. So. Three days you're doing the county job, two days you're doing the district job, which is fine if it's just if they're hiring you. I mean, if like the county is my boss and when I have that, the county is my boss. But if, with an MOU, the uh, the district thinks they're your boss. So now you have two you have two bosses. All right. So I want to I think I got it. So I want to unpack this for the listeners, because you're definitely the first guest that has described this model to me. And I'm very interested about it. So um, you actually work between multiple districts then because the county is sending you out, like you said, to these smaller districts. Is that right? Yes. OK, yes. So that, that is really unique then. And I can see how that is difficult that the district thinks they're your boss some of the time. But then the county is your boss. That's really unique. That is yeah, it, that, it is. And it's not good. No, I can I can definitely understand. So about how many kids are on your caseload then? I have about 40 to okay. 45. Um, I work for two school districts and county. I have early elementary up to high school. And I have um, about 17 schools, but that can change. That, that can go up or down. And I have a lot of control over my service level. So I, I have a system that I use. Um, I don't know if I'm going to recommend it for all the new APE people, but I'm an old guy. I've been doing this a while and I kind of got grandfathered into doing things my way. And so do you do a lot of direct service? Do you do a lot of co-teaching with general PE teachers? What's your sort of the majority of your service delivery look like? For the county, it's all direct service, usually okay. group. I put everybody in a group. Um, for the districts, it's usually individual. And then a lot of times I do push in with the PE teacher, with the PE people. And sometimes I don't, depending on their disability. Um, yeah, it, yeah depending like on their disability. So, so some of the districts have pretty high functioning kids that might be missing a limb. And the right. teacher needs help coming up with ideas on, on how to have that incorporate that kid. Um, and then some of the districts have really low county type kids that are intellectually severely disabled and physically disabled. And um, then I'll see those kids individually, just like I would with a with county kid. And then when it comes to the IEPs, Ron, what sort of, uh, so in San Diego, we put, um, so on page one, we have a little drop down box that says 
has different types of adaptive physical education. So it can be collaboration or it can be consultation or it could be just direct service. Although we typically put collaboration because that allows us to direct serve and also collaborate, obviously. So, um, and then and then obviously we go into hours where we call out if it's in a regular setting or right. setting or whatever. So why don't you talk the listeners through, uh, because IEPs are different. I'm sure you've gotten some out-of-state IEPs and you're like, the, I don't understand what they're trying to say here. So we, why don't you talk everyone through what your IEP looks like. We have the Cyrus, S-I-R-A-S system and uh, we don't have collaborative so i usually put if if i know i'm going to see the kid in a group i'll put group um the more severe kids that I can only be individual i'll put them individual the district kids if they're severe they're individual and um i i don't follow the letter of the of the iep if if i was if i put group and all of a sudden i think they need individual i don't I just take the kid out and I'll work with individual with the skills. Um, yeah. So what's nice. So what's nice for us in that case is we, we put collaboration on the front, which is nice that we have that option. I understand you don't. And then in the hours, what I've started doing actually, and I'm sure somebody listening could probably tell me maybe I shouldn't do this, but this is just what I do um, is I actually split their hours. Right. So I will split their hours to say so many I'll put, let's say they're getting 16 hours a year. I may split it down the middle and do eight and eight. And I may say eight is in a regular gen, a regular setting, which for us would mean general ed. So maybe I'm supporting a kiddo a little bit, but I recognize that to meet their goals, I still need some small group instruction. So then I'll, I'll, I'll put eight hours in a separate setting. So I'll, we, we have the flexibility in our IEPs to get really pretty specific and call it out, which I do think is pretty nice. It is nice. And it's nice to be able to differentiate the service. I know that all the DIS providers for our county, we all do it, but we there's nowhere on the IEP to do it. Right. You're but, doing it in practice, but you can't yes. make the document look like it. Yeah, because yeah, you're doing what's best for the kid. You're like, like that's the thing about our job, right? So you're you're in the middle of doing something and you're like, oh, I gotta, I need to pull this kid to the side, or I gotta see this kid after class or whatever, because that's what we do, right? And there's no, it's really hard to make a document reflect what happens in a dynamic uh adapted phys ed or physical education environment it it really is and one of my mottos is i just always respect the, the kids and um i'm always going to provide what i think is best for them That's... and then what about um what about your assessment process are, are is does your county and the districts are they pretty dialed in on you having to administer standardized tests and non-standardized or what's your assessment process look like for triennials and initials I'm probably not very good at doing the standardized assessments. Uh, I I disagree with the you know the, the whole assessment process because well first of all my kids basically score zero to ten percent percentile a hundred percent of the time. So why am I explaining that they can't throw a ball fifteen feet when they can't even pick up a ball? I, the assessments to me aren't realistic on what the kids can do the parents don't understand it so you go to the IEP and you say yes your child is in the 10 percentile on object control manipulation that's it's a foreign language to them yeah. but if I say well your son is not able to throw 15 feet but they can pick up a ball and hold it for five seconds ah that they go that's my kid and the parents really like my honesty and my common sense yeah. So I totally know the scenarios you're talking about, but what I, what I usually do is I tell them like, Hey, I, I gave a standardized test or I attempted a standardized test and it really wasn't appropriate. And what I'll do is I'll just, what I'll, I, it's not that I'm going to quickly gloss over it, 
but I'll just say to them, you know, the standardized test was difficult, but I want to tell you about all the things your son or daughter can do. And then I'll go off and tell them what they can do. So even if I've given it to your point, because that zero to 10% is actually really important because that's actually, um, that's where the kids score to qualify for adapted phys ed, right? So it's going to be hard for them anyways. So, um, so that's what I do is be like, Hey, you know, I, I know the scores maybe don't look great, but I, I have a lot of things to tell you about your son or daughter, about all the great things you're doing in my class. And that's kind of how I try to flip what maybe sounds negative of they can't, they can't, they can't to here, let me tell you about all the things they can do. Yeah. I, I, I have been to the OTs and the PTs. They have all these very scientific standardized tests. And I've been to IEPs where things go south because they're just telling the parents in some teacher speak language about what, what the kid can't do. And it sounds horrible. And uh, I always have the parents say, well, thank you for being honest and speaking in a language that I can understand. Yeah, it is really important presenting it, being able to present as a skill that we don't get a lot of practice at in the credential programs. And it's, it's really important to be able to present that data in a empathetic way, I'll say. So that yeah. the parents, parents are already up against it, right? They already know it's, it's hard. They were given this they were given this this um, situation in life that was not when they got pregnant what they thought it was going to be. I'm sure. So you know, and so can we present it in a empathetic and kind nature to give them the information they need? As I've gotten older and become a parent, I have much more empathy for the parents. Yeah, I agree. I agree with that for sure. Absolutely. Um, so forty kids across seventeen schools, though you must do a lot of driving. Yes, a lot. A lot. I just turned in my mileage for no for October, and at sixty five cents a mile, it was almost four hundred dollars. Yeah. And my my schools are fairly close together. Some of us have Santa Clara County is big. Some go all the way to Gilroy and back north. They might put in fifty miles one way. That that is, yeah, that is that is something. We get some in San Diego. We get some decent amounts, but uh, but not too bad. Um, yeah, San Bernardino, those guys, they was really dry. Do they? They put it in, huh? Um, why don't you tell the listeners, as someone that's been doing it for a while, just kind of, do you have a system to tracking goals? Do you have anything you think that's unique, unique or innovative that you, you could maybe share with the listeners? Do you keep a binder? Do you do it all digitally? Do you just have such a strong brain that you just keep it all up in the brain or what? I do keep it all up in the brain. I don't know if it's that strong. I'm as I'm very good at um, the task analysis, I'm very good at remembering where the kids are and what they did last time and how they're improving on it or, or not improving. Um, and I, that, that's from swimming, coaching swimming. I, I've just, I've just always been able, very good at, at knowing that. Remember, I can look at a kid who's 45 and tell you what their time was in the 50 backstroke when they were 12. That's that is that is something that is something. Um, does your our district requires us to use a um, uh, it's actually what the OTs and the PTs use. That's why I was tripping up on my words. So it's 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 a billing system for them. Obviously, for adaptive phys ed, we don't bill, but are you required to like tr take notes and house them somewhere for the county or anything like that? We just started that. Okay, we just just started that and it's being implemented. Um, but and we don't do the billing like the PTs and the OTs. Right, of course, but, yeah, but, but we have just started that. And um, full disclosure, I'm not very good at it. <laughs> yeah. So in in San Diego, we use a program. It's called SHN, and we have our caseload in there. We go and put our caseload in, and it's separate from our IEP program. It's just a program to put in notes and basically attendance. 
And so that when our, if our records ever get requested, I don't know if you have a lot of experience with advocates, but when they request your records, you have five days to produce them. So we at least have somewhere central that it's housed that we can just print them off, which is, which is a nice feature. It is nice. 20 years. I've only request had requests for records once. And you're living. And, um, I, I do a good job at IEPs. I mean, I'm just, and I'm, I'm, I'm honest. So people understand that and they're, I, I do good at IEPs. That, I, on my Facebook page, I recommend a book called Never Split the Difference by Chris Voss. And I just I encourage anybody in this field to read that book. Perfect. I I will check that out. Uh, since you went there and you brought up the Facebook page, that is how I found out about you. Um, so for those of you listening, you've heard me that are regulars. You hear me talk about you got to get on Twitter to, to see all the great things these professionals are doing. Um, but Ron created a Facebook group and Ron, why don't you tell everybody the name of it and how many, uh, members you're up to and just kind of, what was the, what was the genesis behind that for you? We, I went to one of the, uh, scape conferences and I could not believe that there was no Facebook group. So I started it and this was about six years ago, maybe seven. And I remember being super excited when I had 10 people join. I was thought that was, that was awesome. And now we're up to 7,100. 7, it's, it's, it's very big. Um, it's a great group. It's the members that make it great. It's the support that everybody gives each other and the ideas and stuff like that. And what's the name of it in case anybody Adap- listens? Oh, Adapted it? Physical Education Specialists. Yeah, and I and I will echo what Ron has said that people share awesome stuff in there. They do, and people use it to pose questions. So if you're not sure what to do, it's a little bit tricky to answer some questions because every state and every county. I mean, Ron and I are in the same state, and it, the, our jobs look wildly different, and we're we both have the same title. But um, it's a great place to put questions. Other people have shared visuals they use. Other people just uh, share general stuff, assessments, etc. So. It, it's it's pretty great and it's pretty cool. You have it up to seventy one hundred people. Yeah, that's it's it's pretty amazing. We have a lot of uh, it's not all APE. We have general ed PE teachers and we have some PTs and OTs, even a few parents and a few paras. Yeah, I think that's what's great too. And I think depending on the part of the country, so much of the physical education is coming down to general PE teachers having to step in, and they're just not sure what to do. So they turn to groups like yours to just try to get ideas. Yeah, they do. I, I would love to find a way to. I, the general ed PE teachers in the group seem to be hesitant to pose questions and ask. I think they're afraid they're going to be ridiculed, which is is not at all the way it's going to be. But I I would love to find a way to get more feedback from the general ed teachers and find out what their problems are. Yeah, maybe just uh, post like a text grab there with the maybe see if that. If that does it, you know, just ask them, what are your questions? Yeah, I, I, I could make a post and say, general ed PE teachers, what are your concerns? And do that once a week. and Say, we want to hear from you. Um, yeah. Jumping back to your teaching a little bit, Ron, um, which I try to leave the listeners with, like, whether it's apps or just ideas, things they can use. Uh, do you use a lot of visuals in your teaching? I, I have an icon sheet that I use occasionally. I've got, Chris, I've gotten older and lazier now, to be honest. I'm not doing as much as I used to do. I think communication is key for us. It's, uh, it's 
as I love the physical aspect and I think it's critical for all our students, but I think the communication might even be more critical. Um, so the icons work really well, as well as those, any. Where do you get those from? I have my my, my SLPs make them. Hey, there we go. So that's yeah. a great, great point, Ron, for all the listeners is if you're listening, go to your SLPs, um, if assuming they're collaborative, but uh, go to your SLPs. They usually have access to whether it's a board maker or a lesson picks or some some program. And um, I, for mine, my my SLP last year was using what she called a core 40 board, um, which was basically from a speech perspective, the 40 most you, the 40 most important icons a kid might need, right? So I want you, iPad, ball, whatever it might be. I was like, wow, that'd be pretty cool if I had physical education icons on something like that. So it's just, it's the size of a piece of paper. It's got all these different icons and it's a way for the kids to point if they want to, yeah. I've even shrunk it down so I can wear it in a lanyard around my neck. And uh, that's kind of what I've been using lately. Just something quick that's on hand that we can cross any bridges we need to if uh, there's any uh, breakdowns and whatnot. What I really love about the communication is when our students can be expressive. Yeah. I like, you know, I like that. I did not like that. I, I, I love when they can express what they want, their emotions. Um that's, that's, it's beautiful when they can do that. Um, is there a lot of, um, I do a lot of team teaching where I am and it, it has to do kind of, there's, it's a multi-layered reason, which I will save the listeners from now, but it, a lot of it has to do with just the structure that's in place. But, um, and I know you spoke to that you do a little bit of push in, but are you seeing a lot of co-teaching or unified physical education classes around you? There's no unified teachers in, in any of the districts I go to and any of the ones that my cohorts that I work with, the 10 of us in the Santa Clara County, there's no unified. I know one district was trying to do it. I think they gave up on it. Um, yeah, no, nobody's doing unified PE. Interesting. There's, there's definitely hotspots for it where it's, where it's happening like crazy. And then there's other parts that are uh, like, like yours where, um, it's maybe not as, uh, as common. I, um, the district that was trying to do it, and I think this is a APE concern is a lot of the administrations, administrators want to make sure that their teachers get breaks. So they throw APE teachers or PE teachers into the mix. So this, so the only thing you're doing is providing a break. You don't get support from the admins. Um, the, district I know that was trying to do unified that's what that's exactly what they did it was like we'll do unified it'll be great for the kids but there was no support and it was just basically so that uh 60 kids and 20 of them with special needs could be uh to not not be seen by a teacher it was it was it was bad yeah so that's actually you, you just unearthed kind of why I think in my scenario, co-teaching is really important because physical education is used as a prep for our special day class teachers at all levels, essentially. So my philosophy was that if my kids are going out to general physical education, because that's what the school has decided, well, I'm not, I mean, we could go down the legalities of whatever, you know, um, so that the, the teacher by, because of the unions and the contracts are, are allowed a prep and given a prep and that prep we are going to send their entire class to physical education so that they can have then have a period where they can get their prep. So I just felt a pull to be like, I, I need to team teach this. I was like, I think it is unethical to take 12 to however many kids 
and drop them in, even with the most well-intentioned teacher. I just thought, I was like, let's team teach this. So there's two of us, we'll have the staff out here and we'll do it. So exactly to your point, that's why that's why I do so much of the team teaching that I do. Yeah, yeah. So. But, but, yeah, I, I, I think I if you have good teachers, well, good teachers are awesome. And, and good teachers can make any program be awesome. And whether it's working together or uh, doing an individual, good teachers are critical. Absolutely. Uh, and I'm, so, Ron, I'm going to put you on the spot a little bit, changing gears. Uh, I came across your YouTube page with you, a stuffed bear and a guitar. So why don't you, yeah. why, why don't you tell the listeners a little bit about uh, what that's about? So that's Coach Ron and Baru. Like and share the bear, like and subscribe. I when we came down with COVID, and I was looking at all these videos for the kids, and everybody was watching Jack Hartman and other videos, and it was not appropriate for the students that I worked with. Uh, and I wanted to come up with something that I felt was appropriate, taught by a real physical education teacher myself. And I just had this like, crazy idea for a bear, Baru, and he's gone through certain, the videos have gone through changes over the, the, the when I first started. My wife and I kind of have it down. She does all the background. I write the songs, I sing the songs. She does the video and the editing. Um, and I, it's what I'm gonna do when I retire my my goal is to keep making these videos and um, getting the word out. My market is to the special day class teachers. It's really not for APE people per se. It's more for this, the teachers and the kids so that they can put a video that's appropriate and that's slow enough for that their staff can do and talks about what to do and uh, and how to do it. And I, I just think there's a huge need for it. Well, if you keep putting them out when you retire, our field will certainly benefit from that. So as we we often we take so many times, we take the uh, the music that the classroom teachers are trying to do and we try to make it fit in our environment, too. Right. So we would be very grateful for you to keep going. Yeah. And the other thing is, is the music that they, they play, it's all it's all elementary school music. It's, you know, I mean, Wheels on the Bus. It's a great song. I play it for my elementary kids, but high school kids, it's really it's not appropriate. So I try to do a little bit of rock and roll, um, 50s and 60s rock, which is what my fingers are grooved into. And um, that's uh, and when it works, it works amazing. I one story, I did this with a post-secondary class and these were all moderate. These were all severe, severe to profound students. And to watch kids start bobbing their head to the rock and roll music. And then when they're pushing their chairs and they're dancing with each other, the chairs come to each other and then they back away and the kids are looking at each other and they're, they're dancing and seeing the smiles on these 18 year old faces. It's, it's phenomenal. Yeah, that's fantastic. I, um, I came across a teacher one time that was teaching summer school and they were doing like, it was secondary and they were doing like a, like a, like a fire truck, like the truck goes beep, beep, beep type of song. And I'm like, that's not a song for high schoolers, you know? And I was just like, we, we can't be doing that. So no, I, I completely hear, hear your point there. And that, and that's great. Um, Ron, we're on to my favorite part of the show, which I just call the fast five. And I just have so, like super short questions for you. If you don't have an answer, don't even stress, but uh, we'll start right away. We'll say, what is your favorite piece of teaching equipment? 
Favorite piece of teaching equipment is my bucket. I carry most of my equipment in a bucket. Uh, it carries everything. I can use the bucket to stand on. I can use it as a target. I can use it. I can hit my knuckles on it so the kids with vision issues can hear where the bucket is and go to it. Very cool. That's the first time we've gotten that answer. Very cool. Um, do you have a favorite app that you use in your teaching or professional life? Coach Ron and Baru YouTube channel. No, I was, was going to say, <laughs> if, you, if you struggle to come up with one, I was going to say, what about YouTube? Um, what is your best teaching purchase that is under $100? You know, we don't have a lot of money in our field. So what's the best purchase under 100 bucks? The new thing, and I wanted to get one for every classroom, is a hand ergometer that's like a hand bicycle. I think I bought mine for 25 bucks at Marshall's. And it works great for a wide variety of kids. Cool. And um, I, I I wanted to get one for every classroom that I have. I haven't been able to do that, but it's a great, great thing. And I don't see anybody else using it. Awesome. Uh, what is one thing in your teaching bag that you just can't live without? My sense of humor. Yeah, my sense of humor. And, you know, just having fun with the kids. And having fun with the staff, that that would definitely be it. And then the last question, and uh, we're going to try to pull on all these years of experiences as you're near uh, retirement. But if you could give just what is the best piece of advice that you could offer to another adapted physical education teacher? Maybe somebody new in the field, maybe somebody going through a hard time. What's What's the best piece of advice you think you could offer? Compassion for for the parents to understand that it's it's really hard to to have a, a, the the the, our, the children we work with are very difficult for the parents, and um, I've I've had a different difficult fatherhood with with my son, and um, I don't think people know how hard it is for the parents. I think it's, I think it's great advice, and I think. I think sometimes maybe we lose sight of that as an IEP team, as schools, as things of that nature. So, no, I think that's great advice. Um, Ron, I, this was a ton of fun. I loved getting to hear your story and learn about you. If people want to connect with you or Baru or anyone else, but where can people find you on social media? Or uh, if they want to reach out and learn more, where can you send I'm them? all over social media. Ron Usher, um, Coach Ron. Coach, it's Coach Ron and Baru. Dot com. I have a website there. Uh, the Facebook page uh, on Facebook, Ron Usher, I'm there. And then the Ab Adapted Physical Education Specialists. And just add, if you're going to, if you're not in the group, just answer the questions. <laughs> I, it's so frustrating to have people join the group who appear qualified and they don't answer a question and I won't, I won't add you. But, and then what about Twitter? Are you on Twitter? I... I'm having problems with Twitter. I was on it. I was using it and I tried to get back on it and they're not letting me back on it. So I'm not. And I also, we're trying to use Coach Ron and Brew on um, TikTok and Instagram. And cool. we're working on, we're working on that. Awesome. We'll, we will also wait for the first ever Coach Ron and Brew album to come out and for you to tour. <laughs> <laughs> so uh last point ron is going to napec tomorrow i'm going to napec late tomorrow this episode is going to come out after napec obviously 
But Ron, what would you say to people? Why should people get to NAPEC next year? Maybe like what it, what do you what do you enjoy about going to the to the NAPEC conferences? We have to stick together. The the field is not in a strong place. Education's not in a strong place. Physical education's in weaker place, and adapted physical education is in a weaker place. We have to come together to support each other and understand that there's there's a huge need for what we provide and together we're going to be able to do it. And if we don't get together, it's going to be gone. You think maybe next year there'll be a Ron and Baru concert? I, I, I have this idea and we'll, we'll put it out to the, to, to your audience of Ron and Baru going to schools, traveling, going to schools and playing for classrooms. And so an APE teacher would contact me and say, Coach Ron, are you going to be in Louisiana in March? And I would, Baru and I would get down to Louisiana and we'd play for your classroom for 30 minutes. And um, that that's kind of like what I'd like to do. Yeah. I am, for the conference, you guys will miss it. I am bringing the guitar and um, not Baru, but I am bringing the guitar for my presentation on using music and movement for kids with profound disabilities. So awesome. Um, Ron, thanks for the time. This was a ton of fun and I'm excited for uh, everyone listening to, to, to hear their thoughts on it. Thanks, Chris. And thank you everybody. And look forward to seeing you next tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs>